Welcome to your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, the White House has put out some guidelines for reopening America. You ready? You want to hear the three phase guidelines? Opening up America again, I believe is the title. Oh, open up America again? Opening oh, up America again. Yeah, O-O-A-A doesn't roll <laughs> off the tongue as well as MAGA. But. All right, so the first thing is that this should only be considered, and I know you're going to get, you're going to have something to say about this right away, only should be considered if there's a downward trajectory of COVID-19 cases for 14 days. And there should be expanded testing for at-risk healthcare workers. Yeah, that is hilarious to me because just now on CNN, and I was expecting this, the headline is areas without stay-home orders see sudden spike in numbers. So that first that first requirement is already not going to be there. And on top of that, what they started doing yesterday and the day before that is they started reporting that Jake Tapper's where I first heard it was like the numbers America has the highest death number that it's had since this has started, despite the fact that there had been a decline in the previous two days. So the thought was that we had peaked. But then once talk of conditions about reopening uh, started to emerge, then suddenly it spiked again. But what all these stories that did not mean what they did not mention, the stories that talked about these sudden spike in cases again, is they all failed to mention the fact that. The day that we saw the rise in numbers was the same day that the CDC again changed the number, changed the way that we count the cases to include probable cases that haven't even been tested. And some states were just finding uh, uh, finding out about that a couple of days ago when these numbers started to increase. But nobody bothered to report that that might have been the cause of the numbers rising. I started looking at how deaths are recorded because like you can't die of COVID. It's not a cause of death. A cause of death is like the heart stops, you know, cardiac arrest or whatever. Yeah. And then so it says like what it what was the immediate cause of death and it's pulmonary embolism or something. I don't know. And then like caused by and it's like underlying hypertension or something like caused by um a an infection or whatever so there's like a, it, it goes what happened and then do to do to do to and they're encouraging you to write COVID-19 in one of those earlier lines but if it doesn't even have a it, it's to me completely unscientific not to write that not to actually have a test but if they're saying they want expanded testing at the same time they want to see declining number of cases for 14 days uh, the original data indicates that the more you test, the more positives you get. Not that like, and that we were talking, we were talking about David Crow, talking to David Crow about this. He was saying that you would think that if you have a f- only a few tests and you give it to the most symptomatic people, that would be like close to 100% positive, but it's not. It's like 10% positive. And then you give it to more people and it doesn't go down from where you had when you gave it to symptomatic people. It's like the same. So it's as if 10% of the people will test positive to this RNA test no matter what seems like. So the more you test and they've been talking about that, they've been expanding testing. It's been going basically a lockstep with the increased numbers. Yeah. And they still are running this narrative where they're saying we are grossly undercounting the amount of COVID deaths, despite all of this information coming out. And if you bring up the fact that possibly they're being overcounted, 
obviously, and obviously this happened 10 years ago with H1N1, if you bring this up, Fauci and others say, oh, there's no time for conspiracy theories, even though we count everything as a COVID death. No time for conspiracy theories. Well, I look at the CDC website, that's the provisional death count, and it's on the CDC thing. And the other day I read it to you on April 15th, and it had 9,900 basically deaths in this country. And all the other numbers kind of tracked with what you would expect, 500,000 deaths overall from February, March till the middle of April. Now, two days later, the COVID death number on that page is 13,000. Now, New York alone says they have 13,000 deaths. So yeah. there is something very wrong with the way these numbers are being counted. And that's what I've been complaining about all along. You cannot do any kind of scientific analysis right. with trends. And they're talking about trends if you don't have consistent apples to apples data. Yeah. And it can consistently changes. That's the only thing consistent is they change the way that they're counting. Yeah, I mean, that's just not apples to apples. And you cannot analyze trends when the criteria change. Yeah. I spoke with a friend in New York right before the show, actually. And he says that it feels like there's something much different than what we're being told going on, that he's not seeing what they're reporting on in the news. Of course, he's not in the hospitals or anything like that, but he, he does live in New York City. But he, he brought up the, the mask requirement, just like in Georgia prior to this, it was not legal to wear a mask oh, in New York really? City because of crime. So what did they do? I guess they suspended that law or something. I mean, how did they do something. that? Yeah, like I, how? I don't know. I mean, that's the funny thing is that we're doing all this stuff. And I, there was a headline yesterday. I didn't pursue it, but it said Trump uh, threatens to suspend both houses of Congress if they don't appoint, you know, approve all of his nominations right away. And I'm thinking <laughs> there's no way they're using constitutional protocols for whatever laws they're passing. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're not. And I don't, I mean, you can't, it's kind of like after the Civil War, they're passing laws, but they didn't really have a quorum because they didn't let the South vote. Yeah. So it's like, how do you change laws without, I mean, I'm sure it'll all come out and we'll talk about it for a hundred years, how that's not really a valid constitutional law because there wasn't a quorum, or whatever, but it won't matter. They are going to be pointing to this point in history in a hundred years in history classes, wherever, as when all of this stuff got rammed through to create the future world. Yeah, the Corona times. Yeah, the co- <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like the Dark Ages, the Corona so times. Here, so here are the phases. The, oh, okay. We'll talk about the phases, and then I just have to reiterate what I think is going to happen. So phase one is, so after two weeks of downward trajectory which if they leave it so the so the governors are all calling out kind of like in unison or at least loudly just like businesses and everything we need the federal government this is a job for the federal government federal 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 federal, 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 federal. we have to do it together which is so straight out of event 201 but they are so they want the government the federal government to finance it and everything and provide them the tests they want but they themselves get to control it so then you can have like different states doing it in different ways so they can have you can basically choose if you test less you're going to have a downward trajectory and you can open first like so they really can control how this happens on a state by state basis and of course they are all operating in lockstep so it's not like you know, the people are being told, oh, you're the one who's going to hold back. You're the one who's going to go forward. Or they can just be sent the whatever number of tests anyway. So 
after this, when you're ready to go, phase one is employers are to continue to encourage telework and minimize travel. Gyms can open with strict physical distancing, but not bars. Also, strict physical distancing, restaurants can open movie theaters, sporting venues, and places of worship with strict physical. So you sell every six feet, I guess. Yeah, how's that going to work out? I really think that they should sell six foot wide hula hoops, like a diameter of six foot wide with like, you know, those crazy like suspenders, like Uh a clown, you know, like (laughs) so that you can walk around and like you always have six feet between you and the other guy yeah, and then stay you can away. sit in yeah you can go sit in your seat in the movie theater and somebody has to be like three rows behind you and yeah we need like combining that with the 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 bands that gm or ford is trying we need some sort of like dog shock collar that if you get within oh, six yeah, feet of another person right. just shocks the daylights out you're of you. right it's totally virtual yeah the electronic collar yeah. like and we should have them as actual collars yeah we should be forced like to wear dogs. these yeah or chum yeah. buckets yeah <laughs> chum buckets from the spongebob movie and it should <laughs> like and it, a little beacon on the top right of it. and it should scream coronavirus positive coronavirus positive for anybody who has tested you, positive or like Two degrees of separation, you know, because they're going to contact trace immediately, which I even saw like in on CNN or some article I was reading contract tracing. Like there is something really impossible about that kind of like that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Like like there's something crazy about it. So that's what this is about is the contact trace. That's one of the major things they want to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Total information awareness. It's always been what the government wants. And it's always been the most important factor for health care. Universal health care. All right, phase two is uh, resume non-essential travel. Bars can open with diminished standing room capacity and large venues can also uh, open if they have physical distancing requirements. Yeah, this is going to give rise to distance flirting at bars. I'm not quite sure how this is going to work. How are you going to dance to back that ass up on a dance floor? It's really, I think it's really targeted at taking dating out of meat space. Well, it's going to be very effective at that if you're not allowed to get within six feet of people. Yeah. And and I think that, I do think there's going to be like VAC certificates and you'll get one to go to like a Lakers game, but you might not get one to go to the pub. Well, I yeah. would get one to go to a pub, but yeah. you're gonna have to go to the speakeasy. And these speakeasy speakeasies are gonna pop oh, up. I'm yeah. telling you, it's footloose. Yeah, that's true. And it's gonna be real gross. Like mutants are gonna be there, like viral people. You know, like the tunnel <laughs> cities and like the dystopian futures. Yeah. Like you go to the bar and the guy like takes his hand out and it's like six feet long and you know, but they're gonna be all people coughing and all right. that stuff. So that's phase two. And phase three is normal activities, but uh, still encouraging physical distancing. So every, so just permanent, you know, the new normal is going to be physical distancing. Right. And we are far away from phase one being implemented, let alone phase three. One other thing that I, it mentions in there is it talks about how the states are going to have to make sure that they are helping their employees with the temperature checks. And these temperature checks, like everywhere you go, there's going to probably start being kind of like the metal detectors, temperature check detectors, which raises a question is people's natural body temperature is not always the exact same. In fact, the overall average has lowered recently. Wow. Yes, exactly. They were just talking about that. So they're going to set the bar too low. And as soon as soon as this started, I, I felt that they would start with 
temperature testing and, of course, biomarkers, whatever, biometric IDs in airports. And they withdrew the deadline for the real ID from this year to next year. And I wouldn't be surprised if they fold into that the vaccine requirement or other bio ID stuff. Yeah. I want to know what somebody who naturally has a higher body temperature, like maybe a yeah, 99 definitely. on average, and is going to do. Are they never allowed to go racial. anywhere? I wonder if that's there's a, a great racial question. element to that. The airports... They are considering, I think some are actually testing this right now. There is. I can't remember the name of the specific airline. It's like an obscure one. Blood test before you mm-hmm. can get on a plane, which again, I bring what? up I bring up Fun World, no. the pilot I was in. You had yeah. the blood test before you could, every day people would come by. They would collect a sample of your blood. They would prick you. Wow. And that they guy got, was so genius. Fun yeah. World guy. Can you I imagine? that didn't work. Trying to get on an airplane oh, yeah. and well, having to get- the thing. So what they had just rolled out with airplanes, which really was bumming people out, was the automatic facial recognition. Oh, so like, yeah. so people had to get used to showing their IDs to get onto planes since 9-11. It wasn't like that when I was younger. And now when you don't have to do that, it freaks you out. As a matter of fact, I was watching a movie last night with my daughter. It was, um, he's just not that into you. And it was, it's like a, whatever, 10 year old movie. Yeah. So Bradley Cooper and Scarlett Johansson are online at the store and she wins a little cooler, like a beer cooler or whatever. And she's super excited. So she turns around to the stranger behind her. Bradley Cooper happens to be gorgeous. <laughs> so she turns around and just like jumps up and down and like gives him a big hug. And he's like so into it. And you know what? I was like, oh, <laughs> I cringed. Yeah. Because I was just like, well, she's hugging him. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. Shit. I noticed that into too. my mind. I'm watching stuff and they show, see, they were showing commercials like this. They have started to change it. But up until last week, most of the commercials were still the commercials they made before all of this happened. And it's showing people outside together, having fun together. And I'm like, why, why are they advertising all of these things we can no longer do right now? This isn't going to make anybody feel better. Want to buy your product if you're rubbing it in our face that we can't hang out and all your commercials are people smiling and having a good time together. That I mean, that's part of that's advertising is like show people having fun doing the thing that you want them to do. And all the commercials were doing that, but they have now changed. And now all the commercials are while you're at home, we're at home together with you. And there's be like Ford Motor Company and it's whatever it is. They all have that social justice message embedded in the foundation of every advertisement now. I remember watching the Super Bowl this year. And here's the thing, like a lot of electronics, when you see your kids play a lot of electronics or use a lot of electronics while you're on phone, like as a parent, especially my generation, you know, we're not like total iGen, right? Our kids are. It's disturbing. It's upsetting. And you feel guilty about it. So there was a Super Bowl commercial where they showed like virtual reality gaming, you know, VR gaming, which I'm like really paranoid about. Like that's the end of humanity. Like no one will ever actually have human babies the old fashioned way again or anything like that once we go VR. And the entire commercial was severely handicapped kids being normal in the VR world. And the, you know, which is nice for them. I'm happy for them. But the whole thing was like, VR is a lifesaver. VR changes everything. And I mean, it was, won't that make them want to only be in the VR world? 
Yeah, but I mean, it also made it seem like a really virtuous thing. And this thing for me now, like I never feel guilty now that we're like forced to do this, that my kids are just completely jacked into the matrix night and day. Like, what can I do? Yeah, I can't do anything. They're all jacked in all the time. And I thought they would like it, like to not have to go to school. Like who wants to even get dressed in the morning? And my kids who are kind of like me, like would not, aren't like, like, oh, I want to run for president class president, whatever, they are not happy. They don't like it. They want to be interacting like that. But but here's what's going to happen, I think, when it comes to that. I am more and more convinced that two things are going to, there are two things are going to be the consequence of the reopen. One is because we've been locked down so long, we are really not cycling through the jillions of changing microbes that we normally cycle through. Going to the store, going to work, going to school, doing everything we do all the time. Like I take my kids to swimming lessons at like the equivalent of a Y. That place is disgusting and I'm getting exposed to that all the time. I haven't been to any of those places I haven't, none of my kids have had a sniffle or anything. We are all, our immune systems are completely idling, if not atrophying. So there's that. So we may be weaker. And at the same time, unless that shit just completely disappeared from the face of the earth, died because nobody was there to carry it around, which is possible. But if the alternative is true where it is, I mean, viruses, what the hell are they? They're not even alive. Why would they die? I don't know. So you go out there and they're all there. They're all everywhere. The second we hit the streets again, each of us, instead of getting like one kind of cold every week, we're going to each get like five and then freak the heck out. I mean, and that's going to be called sniffle. a rise in coronavirus cases course, and it'll be shut back course. down. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what we're being set up for. It's almost impossible for it not to go that way. The only way it could not go that way is if every single human cold or flu just d- died while we weren't passing them around and that we go back and no one ever gets sick again because the second anyone gets sick of anything and I think there's a chance that we are going to get like everyone's going to kind of have a surge of getting sick because we haven't been cycling through this stuff and then that's it. Like, it's going to shut it back it. down. Yeah. And that's the way it has to be because the way it, it they have a big wish list they have like more and more stimulus package they have the infrastructure plan they have the vax protocol that they're definitely itching for they have a lot of stuff on their wish list this was a big psyop they're getting that stuff done and they just did not have enough runway now to do it because people are are like what what the hell like okay okay enough already you have to show them that liberty is an unscientific emotional outdated concept and we are going to call your bluff on liberty and we're going to win and they're going back to that whole science 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 thing because their policies were emo 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 but now liberty is emo and their science and that's how they're playing it out they're back to their science thing but in the beginning it was just like oh, we can't waste our time on on data we have to just shut everything down yeah i have a story that perfectly supports your point first i want to remind people that we are having a patron party tonight disappearing patron party and it's a mixer with pq i'm super duper excited and we are going to have a good time one hour two cocktails no record 8 p.m be there i'll put the link yeah eastern time i'll put the link in the Patreon on the Patreon page before the show. Probably, yeah. All right. So you're talking about kind of what I'm seeing is demonizing people who are libertarians or conservatives also as well. There's the reporting on that Michigan protest, Operation Gridlock. 
is very telling about where the narrative is going and what they're doing, something that we definitely anticipated. Just listen to the way that they spoke. This is CNN and just about every other article I read. Which, which Wisconsin, which was it? This is Michigan? the one that was in Michigan. Yeah. Okay. And they were, all, some, they were some all over the country. But here's, here's some of the yeah. language they used. Trump supporters are staging armed protests to stick it to coronavirus. Matt, that was, that's the headline, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. What the, and then it's New York who sent the National Guard to New Rochelle right, to fight yeah. coronavirus. It gets better. They started it. It gets even better. Listen to this. Maskless, gloveless conservatives are flooding the streets in Michigan, Kentucky, North Carolina, and other states to protest measures intended to stop the spread of COVID-19. And Fox News is egging them on. <laughs> And then it goes on to say the rally in Michigan was described by a reporter as half protest, half Trump rally. The protest went on with honking horns, blaring music and raucous jeers for more than five hours. It was protest by yeah, protest by parade. And this is I love this part. Definitely not organic, considering it was organized (laughs) by the Michigan Conservative Coalition. But the anger was absolutely real. It had the feel of a Trump rally from 2016 and of a Tea Party rally from 2010. So I, I find There's so it, much there. So much there, yes. <laughs> I find it humorous that when a clearly uh, kind of organized from the top rally on the right, it's okay to say that. But when it's on the left and you say indivisible is organized from the top, you're, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist denier. You're crazy. Here, okay. Few things. First of all, I uh, I did see that the Hill like just kept pumping my email with the headline: Trump appears to be backing protesters in three states where Democrat governor are extending stay-at-home orders: Michigan, Minnesota, and Virginia. So I don't know what appears to be backing means. What could that possibly mean? It's just they are just projecting onto him. He probably you know sends his signals and stuff like that. But the idea that they would call it not organic. This is I know this, I, I could have a fucking aneurysm listening to that, and I'll tell you why because i've been screaming to the point where people are just sick of hearing it that the first amendment has been banned the first amendment has been banned the fourth amendment has also been gutted we cannot organize in private grassroots we can't do anything we have no privacy the whole point of all of that stuff was put in by our founders so that we could mount a real resistance to the government so what how in the hell are they supposed to demonstrate whether it's organic or not organic what is organic if you can't communicate what the hell Right, right, yeah. So and, how do you even? Like, yeah, and like with you, when you did, when you discovered, really through your own research, it was not out there that Stacey Abrams, when her mom did that sermon that was just freaking buried, yeah. that said that she had done that flag, had burned the flag. Which, just for the record, the our problem wasn't that she burned the flag. Our problem is that she set back the cause. Of changing what yeah. really looked like a racist flag yeah. by ten years. Did she claim to be trying to help? Yeah. yeah, no. She it was it was nasty, dirty, created person stuff. But when it came out, when it really came out, which it had to do, it was in the New York Times and everything, and they attributed it to just emerging on yeah. social media. Yeah. So that was organic. That was organic. Yeah, but that's organic. You <laughs> were on the mainstream media. You did research. You uh, supported what you were saying. You could mark the minute, and there's absolutely no way there's a single tweet prior to when Nothing. you did the show. Yeah. Not a chance in the world. But that supposedly was organic. So I want to know the first time if this 
the first time there was any mention of any kind of protest like this, and you want to tell me that it's not organic, that those people had to be talked into it, right. that is pissing me off. Yeah. And uh, I love protests by parade. I mean, yeah. fuck them, but you uh-huh. know, like I don't want to have to do that, but it's not a bad idea yeah. because you could really get a long caravan going if you get to have a car. Right. You could really make a difference. You could tell every single person to get out on all the... All the fives and tens, you know, you can go north, south, you can go, you know what I mean? You could go on all the interstate highways, like just get to your highway and start driving and put, you know, just put a, put a flag up like a first amendment flag or whatever. Yeah. And, and d- I just want to say no legislation while the constitution is on hold. I'm not saying go back to work, nothing. Or I did want to say, um, I want to see the cost benefit analysis. Yeah. <laughs> Well, don't hold your breath. Not as catchy. Yeah, don't, don't hold your breath on that. See, with the drive-by. the tea by, party was real. The drive-by protest. I, see, they mentioned the tea party, which is what Indivisible said it based its tactics on. So now they're back to, oh, the tea party I know, but tactics. the tea party was just, I mean, Dick Army was behind, the people were behind it, but it was for sure a spontaneous outrage. And, and, you know, people, you have to organize. Like when I didn't want to do the hashtag march. Fourth of July March on DC. I'm actually calling out to Glenn Beck and Freedom Works and stuff like, please just pick up this hashtag. Like, please organize it. There's no other way. If people yeah. don't have faith that it's going to have a critical mass, they're yeah. not going to show up. You have to have some support. One of the challenges with the drive-by protest is it gives the authorities the more justification to use force since cars can be more deadly if somebody goes kind of crazy. Oh, you don't kind of have your own rights on cars. That's right. true. It's yeah. privilege, not a... Uh, however, in oh. some states, police officers are not... They're refusing to enforce in Michigan because they're saying that the governor's overstepping her bounds. Two more quick, short little lines really summing up how, they fe- how the media feels about this. <laughs> the social distancing deniers have arrived... Conservatives are fomenting rebellion against public health guidelines. In their warped telling, people who venture out in public aren't vectors for infection, but rather freedom fighters standing up to oppression. It's just such a false freaking dichotomy. And they're not deniers, they're resistors. They're, they're going to be resisting it. They're not denying it. It's happening. Of course, of course. For the left. But that's yeah. why framing it as an emotional, you know, open, reopen America uh, virus or not was what one of the things I saw. That is not how you want to frame this. It's not at all how you want to frame it. It is there. It, the onus is on them. They suspended the Constitution and they need to prove without a shadow of a doubt that they have the authority to do it and the justification for it. And yeah. they're not. And that's yeah. where we need to go. And Sorry. If, if it I have heard it all before, but I'm pissed. If it wasn't already evidently clear that if you're a Democrat, then you're staying at home and you're following orders and you're trying to save people. And if you're a conservative, then you are going out in the streets and you're trying to kill people with the virus. A gallop poll now suggests that the largest difference in party identification when it comes to social distancing is that Republicans are more likely to say that they'll immediately get back to normal after the restrictions are lifted while the Democrats are going to continue to abide by the social distancing law. So the Democrats are saving people and the Republicans are <laughs> oh killing my people, gosh. essentially. So, so in the future, just to further distinguish the polarize this country, <laughs> Republicans are going to shake hands and of Democrats course. aren't yeah. So is the is shaking hands going to be the new okay sign? Are you like de facto? It could be a, attempted murder. racist or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely de facto racist, but potentially attempted murder. It wouldn't surprise me if someone tried to float some legislation like that. 
getting too close to people or ne- negligence, extreme negligence by touching someone if you hadn't washed your hands for 20 seconds, something crazy. It's just going to be like trashy. It's like chewing with your mouth open. Like, oh my yeah. God, he's a handshaker. I, I hate that guy. I don't, we can't invite him. He shakes hands. Did, you, did he just shake it's hands? Disgusting. I know. You know, he's a Republican. So <laughs> can I t- say something? Yeah. Did you, a, uh, have you ever seen that book before? Eyes no? in the Sky, The Secret Rise of yeah. Gordon State and ha- Gordon Stare and How It Will Watch Us. No, I haven't. What is it? The Gorgon Stare. Gorgon. So when, when I did one of these Friday night things with Pete Quinones, Quinones, I know I should know how to pronounce that. Spanish surnames. So uh, one of his patrons, Mark, uh, sent me, we enjoyed the time, sent me this book and it looks freaking awesome. The Secret Rise of Gorgon Stare and how it will watch us all. It's about like the military surveillance and how it's going to be. I feel like it's very timely how it's going to be implemented and change our society. Oh my gosh, I have to tell you about this Rockefeller Foundation thing. Let's do it in the patron 15. Oh, how do I not hear you? Sorry, I had my thing on mute because there was a dog barking in the background. Of course. And, uh, Where, when isn't there a dog barking? I've got my Samson and Delilah barking the head. That has to be the biggest new emergence in podcast and live broadcast <laughs> is dogs dog suddenly appearing in the screen on green screens and barking. I was doing a podcast the other day and I had put myself just in the middle of space on the green screen and my dog just went walking through the middle of space behind me. You could see him right there in the screen. <laughs> I wonder if this is like a uh, gender regressive phenomenon where like we all have dogs, right? But some some chicks have babies and chances are if there's a mom and a dad home and they're both working and there's a baby crying, I'm thinking- There you go. And you know, nanny doesn't show up. I'm thinking- a lot of babies in the background. Mom's career too. is going to suffer more than dad's. That's that, that, that'd be an interesting study. Yeah. yeah. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. And if you want to get access to the live stream party tonight or to the extra content that we publish every time we publish a Drive Time News Blast, you can become a patron. Patron saint of the show. For $5 a month, less than 15 cents a day, and you get access to that content. We will talk to you guys next week.